This is Art Town, and I'm your host, Justin Baker. What's Art Town, you're probably saying? What happened to Colorworks Radio? Well, after taking some time off from the Colorworks podcast, it didn't really make sense to start it again. What made sense was to do something new and something that was my own. So here we are in art town. And yes, I'm still interested in talking to artists. That's one of my favorite things. But I wanted to widen the scope, widen the region, and maybe talk to people that we might not consider fine artists, but maybe artisans. So what's going on this month for Art Town? Well, we have a painter, Zach Lobdell. Now, Zach is a painter who lives out near Cambridge, New York, up in Washington County, which, interestingly enough, is where I grew up, just over the hill in Easton. What's funny about Zach coming into my headspace is that my old high school art teacher, Naomi Myers, who I mentioned in the beginning of the interview, messaged me a few months back and told me that there was this great artist that moved in near her, and I should talk to him for the podcast and that I would not be disappointed. So I looked him up, and it turns out that, well, we're friends on Facebook. And after looking closer, I did recognize him. And I remembered him from my high school years as this guy who would hang out in all the coffee shops in Saratoga. And that's where all the cool kids went when you were in high school. And that's what I did. Not that I was cool, but I went there. And those coffee shops were packed. And it was like where social media was happening before we had it. And people were actually social. And... I mostly just hung out with my friends. I didn't really branch out too much. But I remember seeing Zach all the time there. And I never spoke to him. But Naomi 
had me curious. So I promised her, okay, I will talk to him when I get it going again. And here I am 30 years later. She's still giving me assignments and I'm still trying to do my best. So Zach is coming up. We talked. Hell of a ride getting there. Um, But it was a good conversation and I really enjoyed it. An interesting guy. So first, this is like old times. Before we get to Zach, we have a song that uh, I don't want to say it sums up because it it doesn't really do that, but it, it has some inflections that I think are interesting. And it has some refrains that I find interesting. And it's mo- there's moments of it that like touches me and it touches me and the representation of the thing that I uh, am so used to that we are so used to we are we know this song we know it as its you know being and it it, it certainly um, has its this band has has strong roots in Washington County. And I can verify for that um, as a high school kid. And uh, well, anyways, I would say, why, why, why is it this? Um, because um, 20, I guess 2022 did shake me. Um, and I had to take a break. I had a had a pause and I had to focus and think about what was important because of what was going on. So I paused and I'm back. And like the, the second verse says, uh, I got back in, uh, the ring to take another swing and that's what's going on here. So here we are. Um, Eric McFadden doing uh, ACDC's uh, You Shook Me All Night Long. Enjoy. Double 
just another course Made a meal out of me and come back for more Had to cool me down to take another round Now I'm back in the ring to take another swing And the walls were shaking, earth was quaking My mind was aching and we were making it new Took me all night long So, uh, starting again, uh, thanks a lot for doing this, man. This is awesome. Um, I, uh, like I said before, I was, uh, curious about interviewing you because, well, one, Naomi pointed it out. Uh, and second, um, I did, I remember seeing you around in Saratoga forever. Like I, like on Broadway okay, in the yeah, coffee like shops. We were like. In high school, in high school, such, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I remember, I just, and then I, I looked at your your um, Facebook, and you know, it was, uh, I was like, oh yeah, that's that guy, and he's like this painter, <laughs> so I was like, that was like in part I was curious about, um, and it seemed like maybe had like a somewhat similar journey in some way, like you went off to art school at the same time I did. Obviously, we're completely different artists. But, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm curious about, uh, your work, your life and all of that. She's okay. She, <laughs> there's a little dog noise. Yeah. He's making some whining noise. And yeah. Go lie down. Um, we can let him whine. We won't pick it up. But <laughs> starting out, you said you were prolific in high school. What did that come from? I'm, I'm curious about that. I mean, I was just from day one, I was like, I'm going to be an artist. I was just you thought one so. of those crazy people that, uh, huh three, four years old, I was going to be an artist. So wow. it was never really a question. Never? 
<laughs> I'm curious. No, I mean, about I, of that. course, I questioned it yeah. the entire time and every step of the way. Uh-huh. So it was like, you know, right? It, was this a gift or a curse to know from day one this was what I wanted to do? Of course, is the what? What was <laughs> your gateway into it? Were your parents like in like interested in the arts? Um, or? Yeah, I mean, always. My parents were encouraging uh-huh. and uh, into the art. My dad's a photographer. Oh, he is. So he, okay. You know, I mean, he worked for the state at that point, but he's always done his photography work. Okay. Um, he's never done it exclusively until, you know, the last 10 years or something. But um, he was very dedicated to his work. Okay. He, you know, that was an influence. Um, there's just kind of art came very naturally to me and drawing and things like that. It was just what I always wanted to do. And okay. was always with it. So Is that how you started? Just making drawings and yep. doing all that? Okay. Yeah, I was very into like more the uh, almost illustrator path when I was young. Okay, the almost comic book style art and comics. Yeah, Yeah. I was in you know junior high thing. Uh huh. Did a lot of work like that. And And then how did it like? So you go to school for painting? I'm gonna imagine. Um, No, I started. uh, I studied. Well, yeah, painting and drawing, but I studied. portraiture and i studied uh sculpture of the head and in, in uh clay the bust and the human head in clay with the, at the school museum of fine arts um, mm-hmm. i really had a small class load they were like you know you can choose the classes you want and if you go you go if you don't you don't at the end of the semester really that was it was a very different philosophy there there was uh-huh. very few um students that were right out of high school. It was mostly a more mature program. There was only, I think, 500 students in the whole school. Okay. And there was no housing. It was um, a lot of graduate students there. So it was me oh. and, you know, a dozen other There was no housing. year olds You know, there was no... Okay. There wasn't so many first-year college students at the museum school. Uh-huh. Um, no, we had to find an apartment, you know. And, wow. Yeah. It was okay. a very different kind of place. And... Um, you know, you had to go around and go to your professors and sign up for the classes. And it was kind of like they didn't take attendance. Um, okay. I could know. see that being problematic for a first year. Yeah. Oh, sure. I mean, you're in the city in an apartment. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like raging with your friends. And yeah. So, you know, there was only two classes that really caught me. And what was, were those? That was the um, there was one called uh, The Mask in the Mirror which was a portraiture class. Okay. Really, very cool professor. Okay. I didn't want to let me in at first because I was a first year student. Okay. And I like stood my ground with him. We was like, like kids lined up showing their portfolio. I'm like, no, I'm like, this is the only reason I'm at this school is to take this class with you. And like, okay. He's like, all right, you're in the class. Okay. Um, and then there was the, uh, a sculpture class, a clay, uh, huh, figurative sculpture class. So okay. Like, so you were first kind of interested in like the human form. Strictly. Really? Oh, I was opposed to anything huh. other than okay. the highest expression of realism. Really? I thought all abstract work was just people who didn't know how to draw right. <laughs> That's funny. That is really funny. Okay. <laughs> huh. So you, you took a turn then? Yeah. Severe turn. Severe turn. Okay. I think that just over... What was it? Well, it was just an evolution, you know, over time. Uh-huh. Of, uh, you know, first of all, not finding um, 
figures worth painting in my in my mind in a way like huh. like the human form i kind of felt like everything we look at everything we see everywhere we go we're just saturated by humanity's obsession with itself okay <laughs> and, you know you can't escape okay our reflection on the world yeah and i got sick of that within myself i actually read ironically it has nothing to do with art it was edward abbey desert solitaire Okay. And in that, he said something along the lines of, you know, I, I went to the desert to escape, you know, humanity. Okay. And, and in a way to face the bare bones of existence and like what we actually are without this, mm-hmm. you know, impression that we've made mm-hmm. on everything. And uh, that was kind of, I took that internally into my painting. Okay. And after that point, it was almost like anything representative that would representational that would find its way back into my work i would have to eliminate huh okay (laughs) interesting and it was always a battle because i did photorealistic portraiture i mean i was Mm -hmm. good at it like yeah what i do you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's what i always did and i could Mm -hmm. um so to to take that away to take away like your your key tool in a way exactly yeah to take my right hand and tie it behind my back, uh-huh. you know, and say, keep going. Yeah. Without that. Uh-huh. And the, so that was the mission I went on for many, many See, years. That's interesting. Cause like you create, um, a problem for yourself, mm. right? So, and this is just how yeah, I'm like very pragmatic, probably too pragmatic, right? Like I always, I think of art as like problem solving. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's a, you create a personal, you create a problem exactly. and then fix it, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, how do you do it now? You know? Right. <laughs> and so for a lot of years I had, you know, by breaking my first rule and, uh-huh. and, and eliminating, you know, this, this go-to part of who I was in my art and this need to make everything a reflection, some sort of representation yeah. of what I see to take that away. And then, you know, it's, um, Oh, sorry. I lost my train of thought there. It's all right. What were you saying just before that? Uh, <laughs> Doesn't matter. Taking away tools, yeah. something like that. It was the yeah. taking away tools. Yeah. Well, so for years by, and back to the rules, mm-hmm. by taking away this, you know, I made these rules for myself mm-hmm. and they were strict. Yeah. You know, there couldn't be anything representational. There couldn't be any mm-hmm. uh, real precise work with fine brushes. Okay. I had to eliminate these. Uh-huh. It, it drove me crazy. Anytime I started getting too focused on a small point in a piece, I would mm. have to stop and oh, that's interesting. Get away from it. Okay. And so I started using different tools. I started using squeegees and I saw some and of that. all kinds of stuff yeah. to, to move larger amounts of paint at once. Uh-huh. It wasn't happening fast enough for me. I okay. couldn't get color to the far reaches of the canvas and yeah. at the rate I wanted to, you know? So yeah. it was really about efficiency in moving paint uh-huh. and being able to express what I wanted to mm-hmm. in the time I had in a way, you know, because I was working full-time at restaurants forever. Oh, okay. And yeah. so trying to have an art career and balance all of these things, you know, I was cramming mm-hmm. it into. So a lot of it, I think, came from you know, needing to get out more in a shorter amount of time. Right. Within, within the, the, the place you have, right. Or the time you have. And like, that's the, you know, the, some, 
you know, and that's so, just looking back and picking it apart, you know, picking I mean, it at a, that yeah. point, I wasn't thinking that way. It mm-hmm. was just my instinct to, to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. But me looking back, I'm like, well, you know, I kind of had to make mm-hmm. something happen faster. Was that hard in the beginning to, cause I always deal with this, uh, at times, um, like when I'm starting something and it's like something I, I don't know. And I, I, well, like you go from like, uh, representational work and then like you throw yourself into uh abstraction Mm -hmm. was it first at hard to did you ever have a moment where like well how do i do abstraction i mean (laughs) you know it's the way you do anything is by being terrible at it for a long time so i think you know looking back Uh uh-huh um i mean my even my realism though it was very precise. Yeah. There was, you know, sort Loose, of a sort of a psychedelic to influence yeah. to all yeah. of my work when I right. was young. You know, I was very into Salvador Dali and M. Sure. Asher and yeah, yeah. all the psychedelics. The gateway drugs. But but, you know, as I got older and got away from that illustrative kind of narrative way of looking at art, mm-hmm. um, it became much more just about the raw emotion of the colors and the expression of the marks. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, for a long time, I compared what I was doing. Cause it's really, it's difficult to explain to people, especially people who aren't, you know, fluent in art and yeah, don't yeah. look at contemporary work and don't know the, uh, kind of know the language. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah. So, and I would have, um, cause they want to know why, and you know, how a lot of and, things yeah. happened where I was, where I was waiting ta- or I was managing and waiting tables mm-hmm. and, uh, at Beakman street, I had my work on the wall and I okay. would sell work out of there on a pretty, pretty regular <laughs> okay. basis. Okay. It was kind of funny because that's a nice tip. Um, but you know, when you, you're explaining to somebody over dinner, you know, yeah, and they're sitting there having their wine and they don't know what, so what is it? What I'm like, just, you know, stop. You don't have to think about what it. Think mm-hmm. of it as wall jewelry. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly everybody understands. Right. It's a very quick mm-hmm. reference that they could get. You know, yeah. When you take, oh, it's just wall jewelry. Oh, you right, know, right. And suddenly all these, you know, people understood and it was uh-huh. a very easy way to, but in a way, you know, taking away that need to make a painting, a picture of something. Yeah. Which is tough to do. Yeah, yeah. We as humans, and that was goes back to what I was yeah. saying before. It's tough to remove our own mm-hmm. impression from things, our own yeah reflection from what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. And it's because uh, I, I personally, I just couldn't fathom it. I, I couldn't. I mean, the idea of like uh, approaching a canvas and just doing something mm-hmm. is terrifying to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> so and for me. Without like a, without a, a roadmap, right? Like yeah. I, I work, it always starts out first as a photograph mm-hmm. and then it becomes something else. It gets very weird, mm-hmm. you know, and I bring it in the computer, I take it out, I re-photograph it or whatever. And, it, you know, it goes through all these steps, but I, I start with this core, like little nugget, mm-hmm. right? It's not like a collage process, but like to just kind of go and. Yeah, I think for me over time i started to realize as i approached a canvas mm-hmm. with whatever notion i had yeah that it was never especially the way i was working it it wasn't a precise notion it was mm-hmm. you know just a yeah like bruce lee said some sometimes a target is just something to aim at you know it had, yeah 
<laughs> you know, and yeah. it, that's kind of how I thought about it after a point. And I also started to realize that the best things happened when I went in with no plan, mm-hmm. that the magic that took place was between me and the canvas. And if I went in with an idea mm-hmm. or a roadmap, I had already taken away from that possibility. In, in okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that by doing a sketch or planning my way in, yeah, I removed that opportunity, that okay. spontaneity, that moment, that event to happen on its own. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of started to feel um, about my work, like it was events mm-hmm. happening. These were, and it all happened then. It all happened between me and the and the mm-hmm. canvas. It, it documented a period of time, exactly of, of your. Interaction with this object. The object is is the canvas. Huh. That's pretty interesting. (laughs) That's pretty, uh, that's pretty wild. But do you now, well, that being said, is there ever a moment where you're like, I'm going to go back in, I'm going to tinker with it. Or is it, is it just a one kind of period thing? Sure. Well, it's uh, it doesn't really have a set Mm -hmm. way of happening. You know, sometimes I'll, go back into pieces, but I think that they started becoming singular events because I started to realize that the emotion that was going into them, you know, happened all at once. And Mm -hmm. and by saying that, you know, I mean, it could be over two weeks. Okay. But for me, it's still an event. Yeah. Yeah. In my, in my creativity. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes even that becomes too much. And a lot of times, especially in 2021, I was working in a very different way than I ever had before. Um, and, uh, I was really working at a pace that I'd never even dreamed of. Okay. So during that time, these events were becoming a day mm-hmm. for the most part. And that, was that when you were in, uh, Salem, you had the studio? Uh, nope. Or no. That was in Gansver, the big studio. You oh, saw. Gansver. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Now, but now those, cause like the, the earliest ones I saw, um, were were kind of there was a murkiness to them mm. i think i mean i saw a handful on instagram that looked very different than the ones you were making in gansver yeah um and the the first thing that like occurred to me and it was actually very cool to watch those time lapse videos uh, <laughs> that you do of them because it, it's so funny because uh, i'm watching and um, I'm like, oh, it looks done. And then you like murk over it <laughs> and then bring it all back again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy shit, how that is in- crazy. Um, but those have more of a like um, almost like a graffiti vibe. Mm-hmm. Is that something you're thinking about with them or thinking might be a stretch? Yeah. Um, I mean, if, sure. I'm, I think that when anyone uses spray paint. Yeah. It has a cultural. There's a connotation, connotation to it. Yeah. Just the shape of the mark. Yeah. And everything. It Automatically it's, there's a whole swarm of, of mm-hmm. cultural. Yeah. Items that come up. Um, and I think that's very cool. And, but when I started, I had none of that in mind. I just had moved into this new studio mm-hmm. and um, I hadn't painted in probably uh, about eight or 10 months. Oh, wow. Um, my older sister committed suicide in, oh, in May of 2020. Wow. And Sorry. that really kind of just, yeah, really threw everything for a complete 
whirl in the okay. world. And yeah. uh, when I started painting again mm-hmm. and I got into this huge space, you saw the space. It was yeah. monstrous. I was able to put, and I had been not really able to process any of the things that had been you know, yeah, going yeah. on emotionally. And yeah. so I just started letting out uh-huh. this work and I just happened to have some spray paint cans. Like none of those paintings were exclusively spray paint. I didn't yeah. do one piece. Yeah, yeah. I'm using acrylics. I'm using whatever's handy. And that's what happened is I got in the studio and just started going with whatever was handy. Okay. It was just there. Yeah. Okay. And it hits. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. You know, everybody who saw it, you know, it just was a very different reaction than I had gotten. And mm-hmm. I'd gotten good reactions and, you know, I'd been living off my work and done pretty well in like the interior design kind of way with yeah. with my work. But this work just hit. And so, you know, the momentum I had built with the emotion going into it and having this giant new space and, mm-hmm. you know, um, going in and, and just letting go of all of those rules I had made for myself previously that we discussed where I wasn't allowed to use brushes. I wasn't allowed to have anything representational. I just kind of, yeah. in a way I felt like after a few months, I've been looking back at what happened and, you know, I think that these paintings were largely me processing mm-hmm. this emotion around my sister and what happened. And in a way I regressed to almost this childlike enjoyment of letting it out. Mm-hmm. And I had never, ever you know painted at that rate i I did 200 paintings in 2021 oh my god and probably a hundred plus of those were substantial pieces they're huge a lot of them yeah i mean some of the ones you're standing next to it's just like they're they're pretty big some of them and yeah you know i had you ever worked that big or did that space let you do that that? let me go bigger than i ever had yeah i'd worked large i had some Mm -hmm. you know i had a 12 foot wide diptych that was nine feet tall. You know, I had some really big pieces mm-hmm. um, prior to that. I had some big studios before, uh, but you know, I think I was feeling this release in a way and, mm-hmm. and this freedom with my work that I hadn't allowed myself before. Mm-hmm. I was breaking my own rules at this point. Yeah. I put them all to the side, grabbed whatever was handy mm-hmm. and just let it out. And I realized in doing that, that I had never found this, place before Mm -hmm. you know with my work where i could do that Mm -hmm. and i became so involved in it that i was going home after 12 hours in the studio and taking little canvases and sitting there in front of the tv while i'm watching and just keep going i couldn't stop oh wow so it became really compulsive at that point Mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of the mark making and the things that happened as i started to explore it you know uh were had a lot to do with my sister. Mm-hmm. She was very into symbolism and into, you know, and she was four and a half years older than me. So a lot of the music and the culture that I was exposed to mm-hmm. came, came from, her. from her, you know, so she, she was, was into yeah. hip hop. She was into, you know, a lot of things when that I was uh-huh. exposed to through her. So in a way I felt like I was going through that again mm-hmm. in my work. Yeah. Letting it all come pouring out. Uh-huh. You were like a, like almost like a, a siphon for it. Like you were, you know, it came through you. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That is wild. And it um, was very profound. Cause sad in a way, cause it was like, 
you know, this huge change happened in my work and I'd never found this spot. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't have happened, maybe, if <laughs> what happened with my sister hadn't happened. So it's this weird... Yeah, there's a... Yeah. It's like, wow, you know, that, that the tragedies in our lives inspire mm-hmm. the most profound expression, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I certainly, I, I think I experienced a little of that when my, my father passed. Um, I made a lot of work, you know, dealing mm-hmm. with that, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it's, um, it's certainly, it, it can be, uh, it can be a lightning rod. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Real. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, so you're, you're in the studio, you're making these, these giant, you know, um, canvases that have all of these things, you're breaking all your rules. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just, I want to, I'm just curious a little bit about, um, like some of the, the little like symbolism mm-hmm. that happens in there. What, it, what are those like little, uh, moments, you yeah. know, um, they almost look like hieroglyphs sure. or, or, you know, there's just that little interesting thing that they, happens. I think they're to make you ask that question. Uh-huh. I mean, at first I think they are, for me, they were just a way to start putting paint in different parts of the canvas. I didn't, yeah, I yeah. was just making marks and I didn't want them to be letters or numbers. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Okay. But I wanted your eye to go to them. Okay. And wonder what the heck I was doing with that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that that's a big part of it was just yeah. realizing that, this inspired curiosity, Mm -hmm. you know, but then as I dug further and I started to, because this is a question that has come up, you know, what does this stuff mean? And I'm I'm saying to myself, because I'm making these marks, very specific marks over and over again. So at some point I'm like, well, I probably should know what these marks mean that I'm making over and over again. It's not some satanic chant or something. (laughs) No, I'm not so much like, what do they mean? But like, <clears throat> I'm curious how you how you get there, like. Yeah. So, but that's interesting. So you you say like I didn't want it to be letters or numbers, right? Because right. that that could be a crutch. Well, and it becomes a different be- language, yes. on the canvas from well, a mark. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a okay. That's interesting. But then I realized that these had meanings, uh-huh. you know. And okay, when I was questioned, I didn't know what they were. Yeah. And the more, and it got more interesting for me because. You know, people are seeing this work in contrast to what you saw of my older work, which was much yeah. more ethereal and ethereal. moody and, yeah, yeah. and dark and kind yeah. of, you know, very, uh, it was kind of deep. And this was exciting and alive and uh-huh. energetic and, and yeah. light and free, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and people were seeing this and they're like, it's like, you know, this revelation, it's this new like awakening. And, you know, everybody was kind of having the same response to it. Like, wow. And, and as I started to look at the marks I was making, they all had that meaning too. Okay. <laughs> like just specific marks that were like, oh, this means a breakthrough and it's like a new dawn and like all these things and uh-huh. just understanding of the self and freedom of expression. Yeah. And as I started to unpack them and mm-hmm. analyze them, I was like, wow, okay. So apparently I was communicating something with these marks. Okay. And people were actually reading the marks and saying exactly what they meant back to me, none of us knowing what they actually meant at the okay. time. And it was so that made it pretty weird too. <laughs> <laughs> so people 
Well, what was weird? People were describing what your work meant to you or like people were describing what the, what they saw in the work. And then when I found out what the marks that I was making meant, uh it was the same thing they were describing. Okay. I got you. You know, and with neither of us knowing what the marks meant. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) How did you find out what they meant? Just looking them up. Oh, you, oh my God. Okay. So you finding, all right. So you like Google, like, uh, all right, or whatever, mm-hmm. and oh my god, yeah, that's really that is bizarre, isn't that? That is <laughs> so okay. that's especially especially strange yeah. part of it. And who who what was the like what was the um where did these marks come from? Like what culture or like what? Uh, it was all mixed up. Oh, okay. so one was like Norse, you know, like, okay, and one uh, was a rune, and then one was from like uh, I think. Hinduism, you know, it was one. Uh-huh. It was sure, just all sure. different, and everyone. Okay. And, but there was very specific few that I was making that were like solid from different places. Oh my god! But all had kind of the same meanings. Yeah. And I didn't premeditate this. Yeah, like I said, I was just trying to put color in different places. Uh-huh. And I'd been morally opposed to mark making for <laughs> More- for I'm telling you 20 years yeah. you know at probably 15 years uh-huh. in my work I had made mm-hmm. these rules you know like yeah. no I don't even use brushes like yeah. I was using a 3 foot floor squeegee you don't make a mark unless it happens by accident right yeah and so suddenly I'm making these marks mm-hmm. and you know and I look back and my sister was you know she was very into symbolism and marks yeah, and okay. spirituality. I mean, she had all of the, you know, sacred geometry tattooed mm-hmm. down her arm and this kind okay. of new age stuff, which I now have a, you know, instinctual opposition to because of what happened with her, but oh, yeah. in a way, you know what I mean? But, but at the same time here, all this stuff comes through me and I'm like, yeah. well, you know, and as I said, for me, when I started doing it, I didn't think about any of this. I was just yeah. letting out paint. Yeah, yeah. Oh my, that's that's pretty okay. Wow, that's pretty wild. You pinch yourself. You're like, what is going? No, of course. I mean, you know, if it didn't, if my work didn't do something extremely weird, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't yeah. be my work. It's always like that with me. Yeah. Even with portraits that I make, it's like mm-hmm. for me, it's always been like, um, I'm not painting the portrait. I'm finding it. Mm-hmm. It's already there. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Going in, like, was there a concern? Like, you, how many, you said you, over 200 canvases you churned out in yeah. a year. Um, I'm always interested in, in that, that, um, where you rely on yourself to create, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, you're the well. Like, how do you, how do you feed that well? Like, how is it? At this point, it was like somebody broke the faucet. Uh Uh-huh. And it couldn't get shut off. Yeah. It was really, um, you know, I think that during that specific period. Yeah. And, um. Yeah. Well, you did have a downtime before it, too. Yeah. And it was the longest downtime of my adult life really yeah. away from painting mm-hmm. and a lot was going on in my personal life. And just, it was just chaotic. And, um, I think that when I did hit that stride, mm-hmm. I sort of broke through, um, to the other side of inspiration. Yeah. Um, 
where now I don't, I don't wait. It's, it's has a lot to do with how I approach the canvas too. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. if I had to wait for an idea, you know, a map within myself of something I needed to do. Yeah. I think I would have a lot more trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Going. Yeah. Now I just go. You just, yeah. And there's been points that I've hit that stride, you know, Mm -hmm. with my work in the past. And usually when I get to that place where I feel it flowing, I'm like, why am I not in this place all the time? Mm-hmm. Is the first thought that crosses my mind. Yeah. The second I recognize I'm there, it's over. Right, of right. Course. But I think that I really found just a way to, you know, bypass that. I think there's, I mm. can't remember who said the quote, but you can't wait for inspiration. You have to go after it with a club. I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's know? pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean. Hemingway. Hemingway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds hemingway That's what I, That's why I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, also, you know, as like a, you know, just an artist, like you, you got to put in the work, right. you know, and it's got to, sometimes it's not fun. No. <laughs> sometimes I, sometimes I hate doing it but i'm like i just gotta do this oh man and i think for a long time i was wrestling with those feelings Mm -hmm. you know and i think part of this like childhood regression that i yeah it really brought the joy of making art back for me Uh uh-huh right in a way that i hadn't allowed for yeah or i had at points right i enjoyed the work i was doing prior to that right but but i had never found this Mm mm-hmm place where yeah it just fell out yeah and it, it was positive yeah you know yeah huh rather than always expressing the angst and the mm-hmm. and having it have this dark kind of overtone by letting out all of the emotions at once you know the mm-hmm. sadness and all of it mm-hmm. coming through and it became joyful again in a way mm-hmm. even the work Mm-hmm. You know, people said as they looked at it, like, this is so different, you know, yeah. the world's falling apart and your work gets happy suddenly. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's something to be said about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was right at the, you know, the peak of the pandemic and all yeah. these things were happening and just chaos in my mm-hmm. home and family, you know, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm, I mean, play, I mean, if you can't go outside. You yeah. know, if you're, if you're being told to stay yeah. home, you well, might I as well. I was very fortunate. I was living, you know, on a place with a bunch of acreage and uh-huh. trails and, that yeah. and stuff. So we had it pretty good as far as that went. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the dog is going nuts. He's just playing with the cat. Yeah. Well, the work now, I mean, like even we're looking at it is, I mean, it's so, it, it's of that, but it, it's like really, it's quite different. I mean, it's like all Mark now, you know, it's all like very, not, I don't want to say precise, but it, like, well, the other work was all Mark too, but like, there's like how, so what's going on now? I mean, how I, you know, I think I touched on it a little earlier when we were standing in the studio and I said, it's a very different painting where I am now because you saw it's completely glass and the yeah, mountains, yeah. the mountains every yeah. which way. So before I was very closed in my, Mm-hmm. this big studio so it was all just the only influence in the space was my own energy yeah and now i'm in this place and i can't even avoid the natural environment kind of yeah penetrating again and i think that um you know this this recent work has taken on just a more organic feeling in uh-huh. some of the marks i was making 
And also I stopped using spray paint because I'm painting in the house. So oh there's a big change in the visual. <laughs> that is really funny. These practical things. Right. You know? And then it changes Like how everything. it changes it. Well, and I went back to oil painting because I'm in a smaller space and I'm working at a different rate. So, okay. you know, I'm, I'm, oils have a very different, you know, everything. Yeah, <laughs> the way yeah. they reflect the light, the way you use them, the pace at yeah. which you can paint with them uh-huh. is different. You it's know? slower. Yeah, I mean, you can still paint fast with them. It just takes a different yeah. understanding of the medium. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, they just have a whole different mm-hmm. aura and energy and everything about them yeah. works differently. So I was using fast drying acrylics and enamels and uh-huh. spray paints, you know, specifically. Yeah. Those canvases were bulletproof. <laughs> they were big ones. Yeah. Yeah, serious. Um, you know, there's one here rolled up over there that's eight by 20 feet oh my god so wow yeah huh. some big work i couldn't even fathom that really the biggest feat there was just hanging the canvas on the wall myself yeah to paint it yeah <laughs> painting it was you know one thing but getting right, right. it up there was the real yeah that is the tricky. real the real yeah thing. <laughs> but like the um i'm just curious like who who inspires you like about like mark making i mean it seems like so there's like such a feel to these that's like really i don't know it's like really um, yeah like looking like what do you look at like i'm curious about that i mean you know i look at everything and i've i have a pretty vast library of books Uh downstairs and i've traveled just specifically to look at art and um you know there's a lot of different work that yeah has influenced me over time and i I yeah try to not you know let anything too specific find its way in but it, sure, it's sure. been tricky at times that you know, is without tricky. even knowing yeah. you, you're yeah. reflecting what you see and mm-hmm. you know. right um so i mean that's a tough one because <laughs> to like pinpoint. the mark like has like such a like it, it, it like like i can see like your like uh i can see that like your hand is like really like trained but then it feels like at times it like you're trying to untrain it exactly and like let yeah, it yeah. just you, you move hit, through hit the nail on the head yeah move on its own mm-hmm. you know and do its own thing yeah. which is always i always find that like the like the unlearning mm-hmm. right like as an artist you spend so much time learning a craft mm-hmm. and then it's like at a certain point in your life you're like you want to unlearn it mm-hmm. and that's like the kind of the the fun part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the tricky part. Yeah. Like we said, you know, with me, I was, I had studied photorealistic portraiture and to remove realism entirely from my work and keep going, you know, just mm-hmm. like you said, it's like you get to that point where you're trying to unlearn what you have learned. And I think the more trained you are, the harder it is yeah. to unlearn that. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, it's tricky. Uh, trying to, uh, like you said, to untrain my hand. Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, I still have this um, sort of opposition instinctually to precision work in a way. Uh Uh-huh. And that it's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's not the same form of expression as Mm -hmm. to let the paint kind of go where it wants to go in a way. And then, yeah. Let your instincts and your emotion do mm-hmm. the painting rather than your mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
And so, yeah, you see that, like, I don't even want the lines to be precise a lot of the time. Right. I feel that, you know, the emotion I'm trying to express is is imperfect, mm-hmm. you know. And it, when you start to try to get perfect, you get farther from it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. there's, that, there's that, like, anomaly in animation um, where when they get... Oh, where the wines get okay to real, it yeah. becomes completely. Oh, the fake. uncanny valley thing. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like you get too close to real, and it becomes completely fake, and not in such a direct and exact manner, but in my, yeah. you know, kind of in my soul. I feel you know, it's like if the line is too sharp, if the mm. you know, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we're imperfect creatures, and the way and the beauty is imperfect, and the of it is imperfect and right, to right. really express emotion mm-hmm. I have to allow for those ugly marks yeah and that not, not necessarily ugly I mean there's beauty right but, right but the like the untrained mark right because yeah. only in that you know can you find those magic spots again mm-hmm. it's like I said if I go in with a plan if I go in with too much of my mind mm-hmm. that beauty won't happen mm. it has to be an accident yeah Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because I can't plan for these things. Because mm-hmm. I don't know they exist. Mm-hmm. I find them. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you find it. Uh, it's so different. <laughs> it's so wild to me. It's so different than the way I think. It's fun, though. <laughs> and it's an evolution, you know, yeah. to get to there. I mean, yeah, I yeah. think, you know. Yeah. I don't. Uh, it was also... Um, you know, some of what I do was just born of a certain level of desperation. I was like, I got really bad Lyme disease mm. um, in, you know, I was early on. Who knows when I actually got it. I was one of the people that they told was crazy for 20 years. Oh, okay. Know? And then in, wow. finally in 2014, I found a doctor and he's like, dude, you have Lyme disease like horribly. Like, so I went through years and years of treatment and ended up after my son was born. Um, I got, I was really sick at this time and. Uh, my wife wasn't working at the time. She was home with, and um, we got uh, the business I was working at shut down. Oh my God. And so we had nothing coming. I was on unemployment and um, it was kind of this place where I was too sick to go to work. It was like February. There was no jobs to be had in the restaurant business at that point. You know, yeah, and I yeah. was really sick all the time. So the only thing I could do was like drag myself to the studio and paint. And yeah. You know, there was something coming out at that point. Yeah. Because it was like, I need to provide for my family and this is the way I can do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was pushing these feelings and all of this into the canvas. And, you know, I think that um, sort of this form of expression, this large format, um, the emotion Mm -hmm. that goes into it, again, you know, was born of this point where there was a necessity for yeah for me to make something happen. It had to be know? there. Yeah. It was like, you know, luck favors the bold kind of idea yeah, yeah, where I'm yeah. like, I got to push because it's all I got to push on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This is the only tool I have mm-hmm. you know, at this point. Yeah. So it was a tricky time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and then I went to, uh, one of the big art fairs in Miami. Okay. Like right at this same time. Yeah. And we didn't have any money. We put everything into going to this art. Going there. Yeah. You know, and I drove down with my dad and we brought all my, you know, put it, and I put a really big price tag on a painting for 
like three times what I had ever put on a painting. Mm. And it was the only thing I sold while I was there. Oh my God. So it was like this. I basically, it was on the last hour. It was hour, a gamble. The last hour of <laughs> yeah. the last day of the fair. I would yeah. have gone home with my tail between my legs and a hundred dollars in my bank account and a son and a wife, you know, yeah, and yeah. nothing. And instead I had more money than I had ever had in a single sitting. That's and incredible. it was like, I broke through, you know, I like collapsed yeah. in tears, you know, when I got back to the car after it happened and we yeah, were going yeah. home, I was just like, I, it was very intense. And so that came from, you know, I painted the painting that sold was this one I worked on for a month and a half before I went down and I was fighting with it till uh, minutes before leaving. Like, yeah, it was a war. Oh my God. And that's wow. the only piece that sold. Huh? And it's the, you know, and it turned a very big corner for me with yeah. my work because at that point it was like, you know, you had a vision. You had a, like, almost like a, it, it provided a blueprint. Like, Oh, I could do this. Yeah. Well, that's it, it. yeah, it became almost viable at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. or potentially. Yeah. Yeah. You, know. you see it. Yeah. It's an inkling. That's amazing. Huh? That's incredible. Wow. And the lime that was just that that was always there, like you just walking around feeling like yeah, crap. Yeah, so I would not get these. Knowing. I would cyclically get horribly sick, pretty much. Uh huh. Wow. And, and it became more that. frequent as time yeah. went on until mm. it became like monthly. I was out for a week with a fever. Wow. Yeah. And everyone said you were crazy. The doctors I was going to at the time. Yeah. 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 They That's... were like, "You need psychological help," and I'm like, "Dude." Antibiotics don't work on me, and you're telling me I need psychological help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's horrible. Oh my God, that's horrible. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this was, you know, 2010 before it was like really. Yeah, a known thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm, I've still been dealing with that, you know, mm-hmm. because I had it for too long for. I see. So it's ongoing. Wow. Okay. But, um, you know, I've gone through some. It was, I was in intense treatment in 2021 when I was doing all this work and I had, I was on all these different antibiotics and I had stopped, you know, eating everything basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, no sugar, no wheat, you know, yeah. no alcohol. I was the, like, you know, I lost all my weight. And so I was very raw, Yeah, you know, I had, and I was going through this treatment and I'm, you know, fighting this disease. So it's mm-hmm. like all of these things are. Everything's happening. Everything this, happened this in 2021. Yeah. So all these things are feeding <laughs> like, this work and this emotion is just yeah. compounding of like this Jesus fight Christ. with my system and yeah. know, the pandemic and everything else that's happened. And it was pretty wild. That's incredible. Oh, the poor pooch. What's the dog's name again? I forget. That's Timber. Timber. <laughs> Timber, go lie down. Timber wants a microphone. Timber wants some food. Go lie down. <laughs> You'll get food in a little while. Well. You got to go outside. <laughs> Should we let him out? I don't know. He's yeah. full of it. He just wants some attention. Well, we can wrap it up there too. Is that it? Yeah, man. What do you right. think? It's up to you. How do you? Um, I, I'm. I feel like we we went around. I think I went deep. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we right. Probably weren't expecting that. No, no. <laughs> that was great. If you want to do some more, goodbye, Timber. Thank you.
please flip to side B 